On today's episode of District Divided, we begin with a non-DC sports question. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame quarterback? He retired this past week and it is officially up for debate. I give you my answer and how it relates to the Washington football team's quarterback decision this offseason. We then get into the State of the Union where the Capitals, Wizards, and Hoyas have all been dealing with COVID to varying degrees. We talk about DC United and the Washington Spirit, big news for both of them, the Washington Nationals. And we also get into the Washington football team again, a lot of big news there too. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Philip Rivers, after 17 seasons in the NFL as a starting quarterback, 16 for the San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers, and then this past season with the Indianapolis Colts, is retiring. He announced it this past week, and he has got one hell of a resume. He is an eight-time Pro Bowler. He is an eight-time NFL Top 100 player. He's the 2013 Comeback Player of the Year. He is fifth in NFL history in three different categories. Completed passes, passing touchdowns, and passing yards. He is 12th in NFL history in passer rating. And out of those 17 seasons, 12 of those were for over 4,000 yards passing. The dude was a beast. I think we all know that. Is he a Hall of Famer? The answer is it's relative, right? So he's fifth in NFL history in completed passes, in passing touchdowns, and in passing yards, as I just said. Is that going to be the case when he's eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2026? Or is he going to be seventh in NFL history? Or is he going to be 10th or 20th? Now, that might be a stretch, but... How far is he going to fall based on how other quarterbacks do in that time? It's dependent on other quarterbacks' play. Connecting that to our current quarterback situation here in Washington, Taylor Heineke has a very, very small sample size, right? He had a pretty good showing against the Carolina Panthers in the fourth quarter. And he had a fantastic performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that was his only start of the season. So it's hard to know how well he did. But like the case for Philip Rivers being a Hall of Famer is relative, figuring out Taylor Heineke's performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wildcard round is relative. It's dependent on other quarterbacks' play. Our most recent example of that and the only other example of that in the playoffs is the game the Buccaneers played against Drew Brees. Drew Brees, in this divisional round, at home, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that the Saints had swept in the regular season with ease, with absolute ease. Brees went 19 of 34 for 134 yards passing, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Taylor Heineke, 
was 26 of 44 for 306 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception, six rushes for 46 yards, including that scramble for another touchdown. Taylor Heineke against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense played better than Drew Brees did. Drew Brees had Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, and Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, who you could argue is the most dynamic running back in the NFL, maybe since Christian McCaffrey. Taylor Heineke had Cam Sims, decent, but he had some drops. Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin on a high ankle sprain. That's his most dynamic player. J.D. McKissick. Look, I do really like our playmakers, and I am biased towards them. But outside of McLaurin, I mean, you take those Saints options, right? You take those Saints playmakers. So Breeze had better playmakers in the Superdome, which is a very difficult place for an opposing team to come and win. And he stunk. 19 of 34. Horrible. 134 yards. Ugh. One touchdown. Okay. Three interceptions. The scoring drives for Tampa Bay were so short. One was like three yards. The other was 20. The other was 40. Something along those lines. Tom didn't have to do anything. Drew Brees beat the Saints. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the help of Drew Brees, beat the Saints. That was not the case when Taylor Heineke played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And because we have such a small sample size and a new GM, which we'll get to in the State of the Union, a decision still needs to be made here. What are we doing? And the answer to that performance of Taylor Heineke's, how did he do? Depending on other quarterbacks. So this Sunday, Tampa Bay takes on Green Bay. And I'm very curious to see how Aaron Rodgers does, because if he does not do well, and he looks like the league MVP, if he does not do well, you got to look at Taylor Heineke's performance again, consistently reassessing as far as Tampa Bay goes, because he is providing, they are providing, excuse me, more information to compare against Heineke's performance. I stand on the side of giving Heineke one year, $10 million, cutting Alex Smith so that you can figure out if you have a franchise guy, a guy that can lead your franchise to the future for a decade plus for negative $4 million cap. That is my proposal. Based on last week's performance, I feel even more confident in that. And we'll see what happens this Sunday with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it's an intriguing question. But when you are looking at questions like this with small sample sizes, it's important to get the information around it. And that's what we're doing here. That's going to conclude the talk about Taylor Heineke and whether we should sign him or not as we continue figuring that out. We're now going to jump into the State of the Union, which has plenty of Washington football team information in it, along with all other D.C. sports. The Washington Capitals were back in action last week. Hockey is back, and they had four games and went 2-0-2. How's that for representing D.C.? Two wins against the Buffalo Sabres, 
followed by two OT losses to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Beginning with the Sabres, a 6-4 win last Thursday to open the season, just a shootout of a game, and then again 2-1 last Friday. Against the Penguins, a 4-3 shootout loss last Sunday, followed by a brutal 5-4 overtime loss on Tuesday that never should have been a loss. We failed to score on a 3-on-0 zero, zero opportunity, and we gave up a 5-on-3 shorthanded goal to the Pens absolutely demoralizing up next this week the buffalo sabers tonight at 7 p.m and then the sabers again on sunday at 3 p.m followed by the new york islanders on tuesday at 7 p.m all games will be at home at cap one arena and the games can be seen on nbc sports washington however we will be without four key players and key is a massive understatement due to covid alex ovechkin evgeny kuznetsov Ilya Samsonov and Dmitry Orlov. How is that your wingers, your goalkeeper, and one of your best defenders? Additionally, the Caps got fined 100K for COVID violations in regard to these players being out. So we'll see how they do this week. Let's talk about Maryland basketball. They had two games this past week and went one and one. A 100-58 win over Wingate last Friday, a total formality, which we expected, and an 87-63 loss to Michigan. Michigan's on fire this season. They have now been swept by Michigan this season, and Michigan made 12 threes in the game and shot 50%, 5-0% from beyond the arc. That is just way too much to overcome for this Terps team. Up next, they have two games. At number 17, Minnesota tomorrow at 2 p.m., and then against number 10, Wisconsin, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Both those games can be seen on the Big Ten Network. Let's move into the district. Georgetown basketball. The Hoyas have had four games postponed thus far, including the game at Xavier that was scheduled for this coming Tuesday. So there are no games this week, with the next one slated for next Saturday against Providence. And I will have an update for you all next Thursday as to whether they are even playing that or not. And then the Wizards, their last six games have been postponed, two more than the Hoyas, but it looks like they'll be back in action this week. The following players have been in the protocol for the Wizards. Denny Avdia, this year's first round pick. Rui Hachimura, last year's first round pick. Davis Bertans, Troy Brown Jr., Ish Smith, and Mo Wagner. And when you add that to Thomas Bryant being lost for the season with an ACL injury and Russ potentially being out for another couple of weeks with the quad injury, that's basically the whole team missing. Thank God Bradley Beal is okay. I assume a bunch of them will be back and out of the protocol this week, allowing us to compete in the three scheduled games we have, which is a road trip. Sunday at San Antonio at 8 p.m., Tuesday at Houston at 9 p.m., huge game. John Wall will be playing against the Wizards for the first time in his career. And then Wednesday at New Orleans at 9 p.m. All those games can be seen on NBC Sports Washington. If you are listening outside the district, the game against Houston is on NBA TV. You can see that nationally. And the last note on the Wizards, we signed former Terps star center Alex Len to a deal. This will shore up some depth for us. So a good signing there. On to soccer. DC United, we finally have found ourselves a coach. Argentine Hernan Lozada is the new head coach, and he previously coached at Beershot in Belgium. His coaching style, according to him, influenced by Marcelo Bielsa and Diego Simeone, two of the world's best coaches. Marcelo Bielsa, known for his attacking, Diego Simeone, known for his defensive style. 
and their styles clash heavily. So we'll see what he means by that. He is very young though. At age 38, he is now the youngest head coach in the MLS. And before being a coach, he was a player and his playing career ended in May, 2019. So he's very new to coaching. Largely an unknown entity, but a promising individual nonetheless. Welcome to DC, Hernan Lozada. And on to some acquisitions, the MLS Super Draft was yesterday. We started the night with two picks, picks 4 and 31 overall, but we made a trade to end up with three picks. We traded that 31st overall pick and $125,000 in general allocation money to Atlanta United for the 5th overall pick and the 32nd overall pick. So now we have picks 4, 5, and 32. With those picks in order, we took Kimarni Smith, forward from Clemson who led the nation in goals 8 on the season and points 19 which gives him 3 assists on the season as well. Michael DeShields, defender from Wake Forest, also the first American taken off the board, bit of a fun fact there. And then Logan Panchon, midfielder from Stanford. Welcome to DC, Kermani, Michael, and Logan. The MLS season does not have an exact start yet just yet, but it's aiming for a start in March which is typical for the league. On to the Spirit Women's Soccer. The U.S. Women's National Team beat Colombia 4-0 this past Monday. Remember, we had four Spirit players there. Aubrey Bledsoe, Andy Sullivan, Kelly O'Hara, and Emily Sonnet. Kelly O'Hara started the game and got 72 minutes of action, while Emily Sonnet got the final 20 minutes of action. Andy Sullivan and Aubrey Bledsoe did not feature, but the U.S. Women's National Team plays Colombia again tonight at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. Let's see if Andy and Aubrey can get some time in this one. Now, on to baseball. The Washington Nationals signed pitcher John Lester to a one-year, $5 million deal. The rotation, the pitching rotation, is now Max Scherzer. Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, and John Lester, an absolute stud lineup. Lester joins first baseman Josh Bell and left fielder Kyle Schwarber as the team's three marquee signings. And as a reminder, we've lost Howie Kendrick to retirement, Michael Taylor, and Kurt Suzuki this offseason. Spring training is now less than a month away, so baseball season is right around the corner for you guys. And finally, the Washington football team. Two huge hires and one major promotion. We begin with Marty Herney, who has worked with Ron Rivera in Carolina and was a GM there twice. When Herney was hired, he was expected to be the GM, and this gave us a pretty bad taste in our mouths, if I'm being honest. I know Ron Rivera was a good signing, but getting the GM too? I don't know. It wasn't like Carolina built anything great over there. So enter our actual new GM, Super Bowl 26 champion with this franchise, then known as the Washington Redskins, Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew started the Super Bowl opposite one Daryl Green at quarterback, and he had five tackles in that win against the Buffalo Bills. He comes from the San Francisco 49ers, where he was an assistant to GM John Lynch, and before that, he was a GM himself with the Detroit Lions, taking over after a winless season. He drafted players like Matt Stafford, Dabakin Sue, and Ezekiel Ansah, all pro bowlers, all top five picks, so he nailed those. With Martin Mayhew as GM, and Jason Wright as team president, the Washington football team becomes the first team to have an African-American president and GM simultaneously. It's a pretty neat fun fact to share with your friends. And this now means we have a brain trust of Marty Herney, Martin Mayhew, and Ron Rivera when it comes to personnel decisions. 
I'll get more into detail next week on the roles and responsibilities of each person as it becomes more clear through interviews. This will also include the potential and likely departure of Kyle Smith, who seems to be a promising young talent in the front office. He's been with the team for 11-12 years now. Pains us all to see him leave. And onto that promotion, that historic promotion, Jennifer King has gone from intern to full-time offensive assistant. This now makes her the first black woman to become a full-time coach in the NFL. Last season, she worked with running backs coach Randy Jordan, and I'd say she did pretty well because Antonio Gibson was a stud and JD McKissick was brilliant catching passes out of the backfield as well. And finally, two awards were given to individuals on this team. Alex Smith was named Sporting News Comeback Player of the Year for 2020, an absolute shocker. And Chase Young was awarded Defensive Rookie of the Year by the Pro Football Writers Association. Congratulations to Alex, Chase, Jennifer, Marty, Martin. Amazing week for your Washington football team. And that's going to conclude your State of the Union. And some breaking news out of Nats Park. As I finish the State of the Union, the Washington Nationals have re-signed Ryan Zimmerman to a one-year, $1 million deal, getting that much closer to our golden boy retiring as a Washington National. That's going to conclude it here at District Divided. I'm your host, Amit Singh. If you like the podcast, please follow it on Facebook and Twitter at District Divided. There is also a Facebook page and group called District Divided. Please like and join respectively. Enjoy your weekend. Shout out Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris being a Howard University graduate in the White House. Big news here in the district. And they ended up being safe as well as the city overall on Inauguration Day. So enjoy your weekend. And Polly Polo, do your thing and take us away. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the cap